One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about the ultimate personal finance checklist for newlyweds. everybody and welcome to the personal finance podcast i'm your host andrew founder of mastermoney.co and today on the personal finance podcast we're going to be talking about the ultimate personal finance checklist for newlyweds if you have any questions hit me up on instagram or tiktok at mastermoneyco and follow us on spotify apple podcasts or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to and if you want to help out the show Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So today, we are going to be talking about the ultimate personal finance checklist for newlyweds because, oh boy, it is wedding season. There's going to be a lot of newlyweds coming out of this wedding season, and what I want to do is I want to start everybody off on the right foot. So whether you're newly married or you've been married for a while or you're just looking at living with your partner and sharing finances, this is something that is absolutely imperative for you to keep the relationship strong. There's a ton of statistics out there where money and the relationships are very correlated in terms of how successful the relationship can be. So what I want to do is help you all protect your relationship by making sure you have a healthy relationship with money. And the stats are actually kind of staggering because 
If you have an annual income of over $50,000, that can decrease the risk of a divorce by as much as 30% versus those with an income of over $25,000. Obviously, there's a lot of obvious reasons for that. It increases money stress. A lot of things can happen there. The feeling that one's spouse spent money foolishly increased the likelihood of divorce by 45% for both men and women. And couples that argue about finances at least once per week are 30% more likely to get divorced. And the same study also found that couples with no assets at the beginning of a three-year period are 70% more likely to divorce by the end of that period than couples with $10,000 in assets. That is wild stats. So these stats are showing you that it is incredibly important to get your finances together as a couple. It's imperative that you care about this stuff together. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the dynamic of the relationship. Usually, in a relationship, there is one person that cares a lot more about money than the other person. Now, this is not always the case, but typically, this is how it goes, where one person kind of manages the budget while the other person kind of just follows along and or vice versa. So you really want to figure out who is going to be that point person, because if you're both trying to manage your money and you're both trying to figure out who's going to pay the bills or who's going to handle the finances, it's a little more difficult than having a lead person who is actually looking over this stuff all the time. And that's part of their responsibility is to look over the finances every single month. Now, with this episode, what I want to do is I want to give you guys an actual checklist that you can go through. Utilize this checklist to figure out, hey, let's get our finances worked out so that As a couple, we can kind of decide what our goals are, what we want to do with our money. How does our money bring us value? Where do we actually want to put our dollars that are going to bring us value so that we can achieve these goals together as a couple? This is one of the most powerful things you can do as a couple because once you have your money right, once you have an idea of where you want to put your dollars, and once you know what you want to do in life, all of a sudden, it's a team decision to now start pursuing those goals and getting after it. Now, this can be different for every single person. Maybe you want to go out and financially retire in your early 30s so that you can spend more time together. Maybe you want to start a family, and so you know that's going to cost more money, so you want to get your money right so that you can start a family. Maybe you already have kids, and you want to create a better life for them. Or maybe you want to travel the world together. You want to get your dollars together, maybe do some travel hacking so you could travel, go down to Cancun, sip some margaritas, High five all the locals. There's all kinds of different goals that people have as a couple. And no matter what your goal is, that's a very specific thing for your personal situation. So what we're going to do here is utilize this checklist so that you can go through and figure out who is going to be the lead person, who is going to handle the financial side, and we're going to do this together as a team because this is a team effort. So if you're newly married, if you're in a relationship, if you've been married for 50 years and you're just getting your money together, and this is something you're interested in, let's get into it. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how are you going to handle your money, meaning discussing your individual budgets. Now, one of the most touchy subjects in the personal finance world is should couples combine their finances or should they keep them separate? Now, I don't really care what you do because I think in either situation, whatever's best for the two of you, whatever's best for your situation, Go out and do that. Don't let anybody else tell you what the best way to manage your finances is. Now, what do I do? If you want to know what I do, me and my wife, do we have our finances combined? The only reason why we do that is just because for me, in my mind, it's way easier to manage my money for me and my personality 
than it is to keep them separated because I don't have to figure out who's paying the power bill or who's splitting these bills down the line. But what I'm going to talk about here is I'm going to give you a system on how to divide this up as well. Your boy's got your back. He's not going to let you down if you want to keep your finances separate. But what I do is we combine all our money into one. Now, I'll show you how I manage my money, and then we'll talk about what to do if you want to separate your finances. So the way that we do it is we have one checking account, one savings account, and then our brokerage accounts, our Roth IRAs, our retirement accounts are separated because you can get more money into a retirement account if you do it that way. So we have the one checking account. We have one savings account, which is where we keep our cash buffer just in case we need that money immediately. Then we have a high yield savings account that we share as well. And that high yield savings account houses things like our emergency fund. It houses things like our rental property cash fund. It houses things like additional dollars that we're putting to the side, maybe to buy a new vehicle or things like that. So all of that stuff goes into the high-yield savings account for short-term goals. Then every extra dollar that we have gets spread out into investments. And that's how everything is managed. So we have a joint checking, joint savings, joint high-yield savings, and then everything else gets automatically deposited into investments. Now, how do we have our credit cards? Our credit cards are each separated out individually. The reason why we do that is we want to accumulate as many points as possible so that we can travel hack. Now, travel hacking is something we're going to be talking about very soon, and we're considering putting together a course on travel hacking as well. So if you're interested in that course, hit me up on Instagram or TikTok, and we can talk more about that as well, and we can get you early access to that if we go ahead and create that. So That's how we have it set up. It's very simplistic. Every single bill is automated. Everything we do in our financial life is automated so that we don't have to think about our money as much as everything else in life. We have businesses to run. We have careers to go after. We have things we want to do. We have little kids that are under the age of five. So we simplify everything. Now, if you want to separate your finances, which there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of financial gurus out there will tell you, you should only separate your finances or you should only combine your finances. I've seen it on both ends of the spectrum and it's really weird how they try to battle it out. Who cares what you do as long as it works for you? I don't care what you do, but making sure it works for you. If it's not working and you think someone's hiding money, if you have your finances separate, if it's causing problems, then you need to figure out a new solution. But if it's not causing problems, then who cares what you do? So here's what you're going to do if you're trying to try to figure out how you divide up your finances, okay? The first thing you're going to do is figure out what your expenses are every single month. And you're going to divide those expenses up into who's paying what. Are you going to split it right down the middle? Or is one partner going to be paying the power bill while the other one pays the water bill and one person pays the groceries while the other person pays the mortgage? How are you going to split that up? That's the first thing that you want to do. How are you going to divide expenses? Now, if you are keeping your finances separate, I would advise at least at the beginning so that you can figure out where your money is going is to have each person has a budget. Because once you start to tally up these expenses, you want to see what that does to your budget. You want to see what the modification is. Because if one person is paying thousands of dollars more a month and they're going to have no money left over, that could also cause issues. So you want to have budgets in place at least for the first few months until you get this thing automated so that you can see How do these bills impact each individual's budget? Then you want to discuss those increases or decreases and make sure you can figure out a way to make this all work. Then what you want to do is figure out how are these expenses going to be handled? Who's the point person? Who's the person in charge of the finances that are going to actually pay these bills? You don't want to have late bills because all you're going to do is start pointing fingers at each other if that happens. 
So who's going to pay these bills? Who's in charge of each bill? Is one person going to pay them all? Is each individual person, whoever's paying either or, are they responsible for their own bill? How is this going to work? So you want to make sure that you do that because if you're both on that bill, it's going to impact both of your credit if one of you does not pay it on time because you think the other person's paying it. So you need to either write this down or have it figured out who is going to handle each one of these bills. This is very important to do. So that is step one, figuring out how your money is going to be handled. Are you going to combine your finances or are you going to separate them? It doesn't matter which one you do, but which one are you going to do? And then who is going to be the person paying each individual bill? And then how are you going to handle that? That's step one. Now let's jump into step two. Now step two, this is the fun part. This is the part your boy loves. You're going to figure out what your current and future financial goals are. Now, Setting financial goals is a lost art for a lot of people. We have a number of different episodes talking about how to set financial goals, but I kind of want to lay this out for you again because in a partnership situation, you both need to be on board with this. Now, there needs to be some give and take because you might have the exact same goals. If one person wants to live in an RV and travel in retirement, the other person lives in a mansion in retirement, you're going to have to find some sort of middle ground to make this work. So you got to figure out what your actual financial goals are. And broadly, these goals may be a number of different things. Maybe it's, do you need to pay down debt? Well, is that going to be a priority? Do you need to build up your emergency fund? Is that going to be a priority? Do you want to buy a house or a new car? What expenses do you have coming up? Do you want to travel or what hobbies do you have in place? So you got to figure out how are you going to share these financial goals? So here's how to do this. Grab yourself a sheet of paper or pull up a Google Doc or get out the old iPad and the Apple Pencil and get yourself ready to write down a list. And you're going to list down all of your current goals in order of priority. So if you want to, throw all the goals on the sheet of paper and then you're going to prioritize them after that. So you might have individual accounts, you might have individual things that you want to be doing. But if your goal is financial freedom and a lot of people who listen to this podcast, that is their goal, then that should be at the very top of the list if that's your goal. Because you're never going to achieve it if you don't put a goal and a plan in place on how you're actually going to achieve it. You're going to be working for 30 years if you don't put it as a priority. Now, as you go through this, some of these goals you're going to have to understand might need to be adjusted a little bit as time goes on. You're not going to nail this the first time. So say, for example, you need a three-month emergency fund and you get to the three-month emergency fund and neither one of you are comfortable with that amount of money. Well, then potentially you need to tweak it out to six months so that you feel more comfortable, reduce that financial stress. So once those goals are in place and you're starting to save up for these goals, you're starting to put your dollars towards these goals then what you want to do if your finances are separated, check each budget to make sure you're on track, or if they're together, check your budget that is combined to make sure that you can understand, are you actually reaching these goals? and Do you have some extra cash left over, and are you having fun in life? Because a lot of people, when they first start out, they aggressively try to get after their goals, and they take all the fun out of their life. Money is here to bring you value. Your dollars are here to increase your happiness and bring more value into your life. And if you're not doing that with your dollars at least somewhat, then you need to reevaluate how your goals are set up. Now, one thing my wife and I do, we've talked about this one other time before, is that we have what we call blow funds. And the blow funds are each of us allocates a certain amount of dollars every single month, and no questions asked, we can blow that money on whatever we want. So that's a really good way to make sure that everybody is still enjoying life and being able to do what they want. Maybe those dollars can go to their hobbies or you can go whatever you want to do with that money. But that's a great way to make sure that everybody is enjoying their life and enjoying their money. Now, the way to hit these goals is to automate these goals. And one of my favorite new tools that we've been looking at lately is Ally Bank has something 
called savings buckets. So they have a high yield savings account as at Ally Bank, and they have these things called savings buckets. So all you have to do is have one high yield savings account, and you can actually separate by savings goal inside of that one account how much money you want to save for each thing. So for example, if you want to save for a rental property, then you can have a rental property bucket. If you want to save for an emergency fund, you can have an emergency fund bucket. And this is all in one account. If you want to save to buy a new car, you can have a new car fund bucket. And it makes it really easy to compartmentalize all of your savings goals in one place so everybody can see what's going on. So that's one fantastic way to do it if you have a bunch of savings goals so that you can make sure that you're aligning with each other's goals. But the key here is, And this is something we talk about in this podcast all the time, but the key here is you want to make sure that your goals are also aligning with your future self. You want to make sure that you're putting dollars every single month towards your future self. So how much should you be saving? Well, we talk about at least saving 20% of your income at the beginning and increase that amount over time, trying to get to 25, 30% of your income as time goes on so that you can really start to accelerate your path to wealth. Because every extra dollar that you put into investments means that you can retire that much sooner. And I know most of our goals is to achieve financial freedom. So come together, figure out how much of your income you can save so that you can take your retirement to that next level. Now let's jump into the third step. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier, and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers, and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. So the next thing you want to do is the stuff that's not as fun. So we just started dreaming, think about what goals we want to achieve, what we want to do. We started to put that plan into place, but now we're going to check over all the other stuff to get our ducks in a row. So you want to check over your insurances, you want to check over your beneficiaries, your tax status, all that type of stuff. So the first thing you want to do is talk about insurances. So maybe you want to talk about life insurance first. So each of you now in a relationship, you have someone who depends on your income most likely. And anytime you have somebody who depends on your income, you want to at least consider term life insurance. It's very low cost, especially if you're young. It's 20 to 30 bucks a month and you can get a really nice policy. And with term life insurance, all that does is it covers you for a specific term. So if you get a 30-year term policy, you have that life insurance for those 30 years. And then by the time that 30 years is up, usually most people have a nest egg and a retirement nest egg so that they don't need that life insurance policy in place anymore. So anybody who has beneficiaries, whether it's children, an aging parent, or a spouse, you definitely want to have at least term life insurance, which is really low cost. That's why we talk about term life insurance the most. It's the lowest cost. If your financial advisor is trying to sell you universal life or something else along those lines, you've got yourself an insurance and salesman, not a financial advisor. We'll do an episode on that. Trust me, because this is one thing that we are going to be fighting back on. There's way too many financial advisors, and I'm putting quotes up with my fingers right now, who are trying to prey on people and sell them universal life policies that really all those do is take away all of their money and fees. And it's one of the saddest things I'm seeing right now. There's people on TikTok with 2 million followers making so many people believe this stuff. And so we'll do an episode on that. Don't worry. So after you look at, do you need life insurance? Maybe you want to look at your health insurance as well and where you stand on that. Because if you do a high deductible plan, you can get an HSA and you know how much your boy loves a health savings account. So 
That's one option as well. But go through some of your insurances. If you need to bump up your health insurance because there's two of you now, or if one person has way better health insurance at their company than the other person does, then look into that stuff as well. But that's the next thing on the list that you want to check through. Then while you're doing this, you want to make sure you're naming your beneficiaries. So your brokerage account, your IRAs, your retirement accounts, your bank accounts, all that stuff needs to have a beneficiary, meaning who is going to get that money if anything happens to you. And typically, your other half is the person who gets that money. So making sure that you are now putting those things in place so that if anything happens to you, you can have that money in your retirement accounts going to the right person. The next thing, let's talk about taxes. You want to talk to a tax specialist or an accountant to figure out how you want to file your taxes. A lot of people do this the wrong way when they first get married because when you get married, your taxes need to be filed in a different way because you are much better off if you file them in a different way than you would as an individual. So make sure you're talking to a tax specialist so that you can figure out the exact way that you should be filing your taxes. And if you need an accountant, then go ahead and get an accountant so that you can start and get the ball rolling. Preferably, it's much better to do this outside of tax season. So if you are listening to this podcast right now at the time of recording this, then you definitely want to make sure that you start talking to an accountant now so that you're not in their busy season and you can really get the best advice out of them. And the next thing you want to do is if you don't have a will, you want to consider drafting up at least a simple will so that everything in your possession is going to the people that you want it to go to. Because not having a will just makes it so much harder for all of your loved ones to get everything in order that you left behind. So making sure that you have a will in place, you can talk to an attorney, you can go online, there's places where you can actually build a will online, but just have something in place early on. And if you want to get more extravagant with it, as you start to build up assets, then you can do that. Now, if you have a lot of assets already in place, if you have a lot of properties, if you have a house that you own together, if there's a lot of things going on here, then you need to have a will and you need to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. But if you're just starting out in life, maybe you just have one or two retirement accounts, a brokerage account, and you're checking and savings account, then that's a place where you can get a much more simple will But as time goes on, as your assets build up and you get your first 100K, all that kind of stuff, then you want to start to move on to the next steps and getting a better will. So that's something to definitely consider as a next step as well. Now let's get into number four. All right, so in number four, this is one that could surprise a lot of people. So what you're going to do is you want to share your assets and liabilities because you want to find out what your net worth is. Your net worth is your financial scorecard. So it's your assets minus your liabilities. And you want to figure out how much money do you have left over? So you take all of your assets, all of your bank accounts, your brokerage accounts. Some people add their cars in. I don't go that far, but you can definitely do that because your car is an asset. It's worth something. Add up how much equity you have in your home. All of these different things to figure out what your net worth is. And then you subtract it by your debts or any other liabilities that you have. So with a lot of people, sometimes when they start doing this, surprises come into play. Now, I understand this, how shocking it could be. If you're recently married and you didn't know that somebody had a bunch of debt and you get into this conversation and they say they have a ton of debt, that can be shocking. That can be tough because now you have a new responsibility that you have to start working to pay down and getting rid of. I understand how shocking that can be. But at the same time, you married this person and wanted to spend your life with this person, so you have to have a forgiving outlook when you do this. Now, I know this is frustrating, but it's also something that you can come together as a team and put a plan into place. So as you get to this step and as you start talking through this stuff, your current goals may change because one person may just not understand that debt is a pants on fire emergency, especially if it's high interest debt. 
Now, if it's low interest debt, it's something you could pay off gradually over time. But if you have high interest debt, anything above five to six percent is high interest debt in our book here, then you want to make sure that you're working towards paying that down. Now, a lot of times this is either high interest student loans. It could be credit card debt. Most credit card debt is very high and you want to get rid of that as fast as you possibly can and then figuring out where you want to be. So once you do this, once you figure out where you land, then you can figure out where your net worth is, okay? Once you have your net worth in play and you figure out what your assets and your liabilities are, now we can figure out your fire number. And your fire number is something that is incredibly powerful once you know this number. I'm gonna explain really quick on how to get your fire number so that you understand this is how much money I need to retire. Now, there's something called the 4% rule. Meaning you could draw down 4% every single year in retirement and be able to preserve your wealth throughout retirement. So for easy math, every million dollars that you save up in your retirement, you can draw down $40,000. So how much do you need to retire is what you want to figure out. So say, for example, you need $80,000 per year in retirement. So you take that $80,000 per year and you multiply that by 25. So that number is going to come out to $2 million. And so that's how much money you would need to retire if You had that in place. So when you figure out what your assets and liabilities are, you can figure out how much dollars you as a couple already have invested. Now you can figure out, well, how much farther do we need to get to that $2 million mark so that we can retire? This is a very powerful place to be. And understanding this early on in your relationship is something where you could come together and unify so that you can get to that $2 million goal as fast as you possibly can. And then the last step, number five, is you want to schedule a time every single month to discuss your money. Now, A cool way to do this is call it a money date, put it on the calendar, pop open a bottle of wine or whatever else you like to do, open up some Sour Patch Kids, that's what I like, and make it fun. Make this something that's enjoyable. It doesn't have to be a really long thing. It could be 15 minutes every month, but you look at your finances, you look at your budgets, you look at where your money stands and say, hey, are we on track right now? Are we happy with what we've been doing for the last month? If you're not happy with it, make the adjustments together in that 15-minute meeting. If you are happy with it, then play on. Because this is something that, it doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be something that's annoying, you just go through this and talk it through. This way, meeting monthly, it's not building up over time, you're not getting frustrated with each other if something's not going right. You can start to talk through some stuff and discuss the ideas that you have so that you can get all of this worked out. And on the checklist, which I will link up in the show notes below, we will have some questions that you can talk through and ask when you have this meeting so that you're not just like, oh, what do you want to talk about today? So that's one of the things that we'll have on that checklist as well so that you can make sure that you both are on track when you're talking through these goals. Because you don't understand how important this 15-minute meeting is. It's going to actually help you talk through these ideas, talk through any issues that you have so that everything is smooth sailing throughout the month. Now, sometimes maybe you're going to come to a disagreement, but you want to make sure that you are doing this in a way where nobody's blaming the other person, but you're coming together as a team so that you can figure out what the next step is with your money so that you can pursue financial freedom because that is the goal for everybody here. That's what we all want to do. So we want to make sure that everything is in place properly so that we can do that together as a team. Listen, I hope you guys learned a ton about some of the steps that you need to take in order to make sure that you have a successful marriage financially. And make sure you grab the checklist in the show notes so that you can navigate this even easier. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at mastermoneyco and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast. And I can't thank you guys enough for leaving those five-star rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you 
keep creating wealth, and we'll see you on the next episode. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins. A financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.